The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. What's up, faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick, and I am flying solo today. Our buddy Al is living his lonely island life. He is on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, living his best life, drinking cocktails, lounging by the pool, and hopefully not still reeling from a brutal loss in the Super Bowl. Uh, I have not been able to distract myself with yummy drinks and uh, and and a trip on the high seas, so... I am still reeling. I am still thinking about the 49ers. And today I wanted to just kind of talk through uh, the defensive coordinator hiring, which still has not happened. Uh, The 49ers are currently the only team in the NFL without a defensive coordinator. Uh, So it's not necessarily a a situation where they need to act quickly. Uh, They've got plenty of time, but at the same time, Shanahan has typically had all of his uh, coaching hires done prior to the combine, which does start next week in Indianapolis. So, uh, you'd have to think that, that the announcement is coming soon. In fact, Tim Kawakami of the athletic tweeted out yesterday that, that he didn't have any Intel, but certainly felt like a, an announcement was coming soon. Uh, so just wanted to talk through that a little bit. And then also, uh, the other big, uh, talking point for uh, 49ers land or in 49ers land is uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, we touched on it last episode, but just wanted to talk a little bit more, not just about Brandon Ayuk, but kind of the the roster situation the 49ers find themselves in, and and what what we could uh, either expect or or maybe uh, look for in the uh, coming weeks for free agency, the draft, and things of that nature. But I wanted to start with the defensive coordinator situation. In fact, uh, I tweeted out earlier today, there's still, for me, there's two questions that still linger. 
when it comes to this defensive coordinator hiring in his conference call and in subsequent uh, media availability. Shanahan did uh, mention that they are looking both internally and externally. And to me, the two questions that linger for me in terms of who would it be with the internal candidates is if, if Kyle Shanahan was comfortable with any of the internal candidates that he's current, that he's looking at currently, why weren't any of those candidates hired last year? Why was Wilkes the hire? Because you look at the internal candidates and it seems like most talking heads, most beat reporters have mentioned really three names, sorry, four names uh, on the current 49ers defensive coaching staff. And that is uh, safeties coach, Daniel Bullock's uh, linebackers coach, Johnny Holland, defensive line coach, Chris Kosurek, and then uh, passing game specialist, Daniel Sorensen. Now Sorensen is the only one of the group that has uh, any experience as a defensive play caller. Uh, he had spent, I believe, one season uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Daniel Bullocks has been in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan since Shanahan started, so seven years. And the same with Johnny Holland. And then Chris Kosurek has been here for the past six years. If any of those candidates were uh, viable, if you will, for Kyle Shanahan, they were still here last year prior to hiring Wilkes. So one, why weren't any of those candidates hired over Wilkes? And then two, if you were comfortable with them as a defensive play caller, it would have made a lot of sense to make a change at defensive coordinator after the Vikings debacle during the bye for the 49ers. Because it was evident from that point forward that this relationship with the 49ers and Steve Wilkes, Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes, uh, it was frayed. Uh, Shanahan threw Wilkes under the bus for the zero blitz at the end of the first half, and rightfully so. It was a terrible call. Uh, but again, really made it a point to, to kind of throw Wilkes under the bus. And then continue to talk about, well, maybe he needs to come down from the booth. Right. Wilkes said, hey, I'm more comfortable calling plays from the booth. Kyle Shanahan says, hey, we're more comfortable with our defensive coordinator on the sideline. And they didn't make a change. Wilkes came down to the sideline the, the first game back uh, from the bye. They absolutely put it on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it felt like, OK, well, maybe this is maybe this is the change that was needed. And then obviously, uh, as we saw from about the Arizona Cardinals game on, the defense did not look like it was championship caliber as it has in the past. And it led to the firing of Steve Wilkes at the end of the season after a brutal Super Bowl loss. Uh, I am not one that puts that loss on the defense. I thought the defense actually played very well. Uh, but there are also uh, people out there who said they heard from sources that Kyle Shanahan himself had a large role in crafting that defensive game plan. And if that's the case, then obviously this, this wasn't, wasn't going to end any other way than, than with Wilkes being removed. So 
those two questions linger for me. And just the fact that it has taken the amount of time that it has. I mean, you think about when Robert Sala was was hired as the Jets head coach. It was I I mean, I I, I didn't look, but I would I would venture to say days later that it was reported that D'Amico Ryans was being elevated. Uh, it was obvious that Shanahan was ready to elevate him. And granted, he knew that Sala was probably going to be leaving for a head coach, so he probably had more time to think about it. But at the same time, with the way that things went with Steve Wilkes, I would imagine that Kyle Shanahan was probably thinking, this guy might not make it you know, after the end of the season unless we win a Super Bowl. But you have to think that he still you know, was, was thinking, right. Thinking about it and thinking about his options. And so those questions, right. Why wasn't one of these internal candidates hired instead of Wilkes? Why wasn't the, one of these internal candidates promoted and Wilkes let go at the buy when it really felt evident that things weren't working the way that Shanahan wanted? I think those are two important questions to ask. And then the length of time that it has taken to make this announcement for defensive coordinator, all those to me point to this being an outside hire. And so then you start thinking about, well, who are the outside candidates? And, you know, I mentioned one that I think is uh, a, I don't want to say a likely uh, hire, but one that I think is uh, definitely one of the leaders in the clubhouse, if you will. And that's Brandon Staley. Uh, former defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams and then former head coach of the LA Chargers. Uh, and I talked about it on our last episode. You know, you look at, you just look at the guy across the sideline uh, coaching the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Steve Spagnolo. Steve Spagnolo was an absolute abject disaster as a head coach in St. Louis. His defenses were disasters in St. Louis, even though he was the defensive play caller, very similar to Brandon Staley. And while Steve Spagnolo had more experience than Brandon Staley prior to becoming a head coach, it was only one extra season. He was the Giants defensive coordinator for two seasons, and then the Rams hired him as head coach. And then the Rams fired him. He went back to the Giants, and then you know he ended up on Kansas City, and now he is the only coordinator in NFL history with four Super Bowls. Brandon Staley had one season as a defensive play caller in the NFL. He's done it at the college level as well. So he does have that experience. He was the defensive coordinator for Sean McVay, who is a, uh, a close friend and uh, peer of Kyle Shanahan. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they also share the same agent, which is another connection that I think is important to point out because a lot of these guys that share agents also end up being on staff together. Uh, Mike McDaniel has the same agent as Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay has the same agent as Kyle Shanahan. His name is Richmond Flowers. So I think Brandon Staley is 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 a choice that that I wouldn't be surprised about. There's there are quite a few people who think that the the amount of time that is taken is indicative of Kyle Shanahan trying to convince Bill Belichick to take the job. But again, I, I don't I don't know that Bill Belichick would do that. But on the previous episode, I said one of the things that I don't want is someone like Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel uh, because those two candidates are going to get a head coaching job as soon as next season. And now you're finding another defensive coordinator. But 
with the loss in the Super Bowl, and as we mentioned on the last episode, this likely being probably the last ride for this core of uh, 49er players in this in this iteration of the Kyle Shanahan 49ers, uh, guys like Eric Armstead, Trent Williams, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk, right? Maybe it's a situation similar to 1994 where they just go all in for this season and say, regardless of what the future looks like, we're going all in to win the Super Bowl in the 2024 season. And maybe they're willing to go a route like a Bill Belichick for one season uh, just to coordinate the defense. And, and if they think that that's going to give them the best chance to make it back to the Super Bowl and win it, then, then I think they might be open to that. So I really dismissed it pretty much out of hand immediately when people started suggesting Bill Belichick, but the longer this has gone and the more I think about how desperate this team likely is, I, I don't know that I can dismiss it out of hand. I still don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think that I can dismiss it out of hand. And that uh, is both exciting to think about, right? Just to think about Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan teaming up one, one to coordinate the offense, one to coordinate the defense. Um, I don't, I, that is, that is easily one of, if not the greatest uh, offensive play caller, defensive play caller combinations we've seen maybe in NFL history. Although I think Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo probably have a, a claim to that title, but uh, it would definitely be a, a, a very interesting dynamic. And I know that Belichick respects Shanahan. Obviously, Shanahan respects Belichick. I know that Belichick rep- or, uh, respects Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad. And there's, you know, there's a, a connection there. So uh, as much as I thought, oh, there's no way that could happen uh, when Wilkes was let go, the longer this has gone, like I said, the the more I think maybe this this could happen. But regardless of who they do bring in, I am pretty confident that it is going to be an outside hire. Uh, some of the other names that have been thrown out are a couple guys from Steve Spagnuolo's staff in Kansas City, Brendan Daly, the linebackers coach there. Uh, and then um, I, I lost the name of their uh, secondary coach. Uh, but the other thing that we got to think about is Wilkes was a secondary guy. Daniel Bullocks is a secondary guy. Sorensen is a secondary guy. And pretty much the, the, the downfall of Steve Wilkes was the front seven play of the 49ers defense. It just never felt like it was in concert with the back end of the defense. And the linebackers specifically really felt like they weren't playing the way that we were used to seeing them play, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And perhaps that is indicative of the 49ers looking for somebody who is a front seven coach or specifically a linebackers coach because that's what Robert Sala was. That's what D'Amico Ryan was. Ryan's was. Maybe they feel like those coaches, those linebackers coaches, just have a better grasp of defensive play calling than some of these other types of position coaches. So it will be interesting to see. But like I said, I think for me, the 
the likely the likeliest outcome in my mind is that they do end up with an outside hire. I still have my money on Brandon Staley, uh, but we will see, and, and hopefully we'll see in the next uh, few days. Like I said, I think Shanahan wants this uh, done and in place prior to the combine, simply so that they can all get to the combine, start doing film study and and finding players to fit you know their scheme and 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 have that input from that defensive coordinator so let's go ahead and uh move on to some roster musings and 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 talk about brandon Ayuk and debo samuel and all that uh, but let's do that after the break Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, so the other big storyline post Super Bowl, uh, and and again we touched on it in in last episode, is the future of Brandon Ayuk uh, on the 49ers. And before we even start the discussion about where they are with the cap and all of that, I want to say off the bat, the 49ers do not have to trade Brandon Ayuk. The 49ers do not have to trade or release. Debo Samuel. They don't have to do any of those things. I think the discussion about Brandon Ayuk is more about A, his interviews post Super Bowl and and some of the some of the social media postings of his girlfriend, his uh brother, you know, all that stuff. You know, it stuff like that gets fans up in arms and and freaking out. But the reality of the situation is that Brandon Ayuk is under contract for the 49ers for next season. And if he doesn't play because he wants a new contract, then he sits out a season and that he loses a, a season of what are the, what's the word they use uh, service, right? He loses a season of service, but also he's still part of the 49ers. And, you know, I said, I don't, 
I, I understand that, but that doesn't matter to me because if the 49ers are trying to win the Super Bowl next season, you don't want a disgruntled Brandon Ayuk. You don't want a Brandon Ayuk who has sat out the majority of training camp. You don't want a Brandon Ayuk who isn't focused on the goal. And so to me, this is a situation where they work hard to extend Brandon Ayuk and and make it work. And, you know, we talked about what that could look like because the other question is, does Brandon Ayuk want to be a 49er? And we talked a lot about how impressive his season was this year in regards to production versus targets. And this is not a pass-happy offense. This is not an offense that gives 135 targets to a wide receiver. It's an offense that spreads the ball around to many different playmakers. And when you share an offense with a Debo Samuel and a Christian McCaffrey and a George Kittle and even a Jawan Jennings, you are going to see less targets. So is this a matter of Brandon Ayuk wanting to win and chase Super Bowls? Well, then, yeah, San Francisco is a place that you're going to want to be. Or is this about Brandon Ayuk wanting to prove that he is one of the better wide receivers in the NFL? And if that's the case, it's going to be hard for him to do that in San Francisco simply because he won't have the opportunity. But make no mistake, the 49ers aren't in a situation where they have to trade Brandon Ayuk. Now, you guys might remember a situation after the 2019 season in which the 49ers lost a heartbreaking Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs, feels like deja vu, and they had a very popular player in DeForest Buckner who was up for a contract extension. And the 49ers ended up trading DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts for a first-round pick. And you might think to yourself, they find themselves in the same situation. And the reality is, is that they don't. It's a similar situation, but it is not exactly the same because not only did DeForest Buckner need an extension, but Eric Armstead was a free agent and Jimmy Ward was a free agent. And there were other players that were about to hit free agency. And so the calculus for the 49ers was we can either extend DeForest Buckner and lose Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward and others, or we can sign Armstead, Ward, and others and lose DeForest Buckner, but gain a first-round pick back. And that is a decision that they made. And it's hard to – I don't want to say it's hard to argue they made the, the wrong decision because I think Armstead has been uh, a, key, a key cog in this defense since re-signing. Uh, Jimmy Ward was key uh, through last season before he became a free agent again. And DeForest Buckner has been good and sometimes great in Indianapolis. Uh, but I don't know that losing those two players would have would have seen the 49ers defense perform at the levels that they have since 2019, uh, making it to three straight NFC championship games and, you know, really being one of the better defenses in the NFL over that span. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So again, they're not in the same situation. They don't have to trade Brandon Ayuk. They don't have to release Debo Samuel. In fact, there are there are plenty of contract levers that this team can can pull to to get themselves under uh, under the cap and get themselves in good financial shape. Um, so let's let's look at the 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 salary cap and, and where the 49ers are right now. So this this is based on uh, numbers from Jason Hurley of 49erscap.com. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at 49erscap. Uh, he does a tremendous job of <clears throat> not only reporting on the cap, but really giving fans a, a great resource to understand the 49ers cap specifically. There are websites like Over the Cap, Spa Track, right? You can find a lot of information. Uh, but Jason's is is specific to the 49ers, and he does a wonderful job. So make sure to follow him on Twitter. Uh, and again, you can visit at 49erscap.com. But as it currently stands, the projected 2024 cap is $242.5 million. Now, there were reports that came out, I believe, yesterday that said that the large or the league-wide assumption is that that number is actually going to be closer to 250 million than 242 million. Uh, but as we stand right now, until that gets announced, the cap sits at 242 and a half million dollars. Um, the adjusted cap, and again, this is some stuff that I don't I don't fully I don't fully understand how it works. That's why I rely on guys like Jason who does understand it at a, at a much deeper level. Uh, but where the 49ers stand currently is that they are roughly uh, 14, let's say $15 million over the cap. Now that is not where they will stay. Uh, let's be perfectly honest. And, and the other thing that we've got to look at is what are some ways that, what are some ways that they can, they can get some money um, to either be players in free agency or at the very least do things like si sign their draft class, uh, sign some of the players that they may want back uh, that are currently uh, scheduled to be free agents, etc. And so if you look at the, at the 49ers current cap situation, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players currently who are scheduled to count ten million dollars or more against the cap, and that is uh, from or in order from least to most. So uh, Brandon Ayuk 
is is first there with uh, a 14.1 million dollar cap hit which is very very uh close to the same cap hit as christian mccaffrey uh nick bosa's cap hit in 2024 is 14.6 million javon hargrave 15.4 uh charvarius ward 18.4 george kittle 21.9 uh fred warner 24.5 uh, Eric Armstead, 28.3, Debo Samuel, 28.6, and Trent Williams, 31.5. Now, here's here's where things get a little dicey for the 49ers. Of those players, of those, again, two, four, six, eight, ten players that are counting as $10 million or more, really it's $14 million or more, because uh, Dre Greenlaw is next at 9.6 million. So not quite 10. Uh, but of those 10 players, only four of them, sorry, five of them, ha- only half of them are still in their 20s. Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Charvarius Ward, and Fred Warner. Javon Hargrave, George Kittle, Eric Armstead, Trent Williams. I'm sorry. Debo Samuel will be 29. Those are older players. Those are those are just those aren't players that you're necessarily thinking, yeah, I would like to pay tens of millions of dollars to those players for the next two to three years. And that's where things get a little dicey because in order for the 49ers to get some cap space, they're going to have to restructure some of those contracts. Now, one of the ways that they can get cap space for 2024 is to extend Brandon Ayuk, because if they extend Brandon Ayuk, they can lower that $14 million cap hit because it's a fifth year option. So that 14 million is, is fully guaranteed. And so in order for them to, to save money on that, they need to extend Ayuk so they can then take that guaranteed money and spread it out over the life of a new contract, which would lower his cap hit. They could effectively save anywhere from seven to ten million dollars just by extending Brandon Ayuk. Now, again, you're saving it for 2024, right? And we know that Brandon Ayuk is going to want, at the very least, a a fair market deal, um, which means that he's, you know, probably looking at twenty five to thirty million dollars a year. Uh, but again, you can massage that and 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 make it hit the cap at at much lower, uh, much lower numbers. But Outside of that, the three biggest contracts are Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, and Eric Armstead, 31 and a half, 28.6, and $28.3 million. Of those three, I don't think, and I said this last episode, we, we looked it up, I don't think they're even going to touch Debo Samuel's contract. And the reason being is because there is an out in his contract after the 2024 season. Um, they can... Uh, they can get out of that contract after 2024 uh, and have a dead cap hit of uh, about $12 million, which would be a savings of roughly $12 million uh, because he is scheduled to make $24.2 million in 2025. I don't know. Debo Samuel is is a favorite of Kyle Shanahan and 
perhaps Kyle goes to John and says, listen, I want this guy here. We're not going to cut him after 2025, so we might as well restructure him. They could. They absolutely could. Um, if they restructure Debo's deal uh, in for 2024, let's see, they would save $15.1 million, which would put them under the cap just by that one restructure. They can save 14.2 if they restructure Trent Williams. They can say they can save 12.2 if they restructure Eric Armstead. Uh, they can save 10.7 if they restructure Fred Warner. Um, really, I think those those four players are the likeliest. George Kittle, um, they could save about nine million dollars if they restructure Kittle's contract. But again, Kittle Kittle's on the wrong side of 30 now. And when you restructure a deal, you are just kicking the can down the road. And if this is the last ride, perhaps that is what they're wanting to do, what they're willing to do. It's, it's hard to know. Um, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't necessarily strike me as the, we have to win it this year. And if that means that we're going to be in salary cap hell for the next five, I'm, I'm in, I, I just don't think he, I don't think he's willing to do that. You know, I think Kyle wants to compete year in and year out. And I appreciate that about him. And, you know, if you restructure all these deals for older guys, then you're going to be paying dead money, you know, two, three, sometimes four seasons after they're done playing or they're not on the team anymore. Um, and that's a lot of uh, dead cap for uh, a team that wants to compete year in and year out. Another way that they could uh, save money uh, with Eric Armstead is to essentially uh, offer him an extension, uh, which would give him one more season and you could perhaps cut his cap number in half, right? So instead of paying him 28 million for this one season, you could pay him 28 million over the next two. Um, that would be a way to save money, uh, and a, a creative one at that. But Eric Armstead dealt with plantar fasciitis for five games this season. Also had a torn meniscus also dealt with plantar fasciitis, uh, last season. Uh, he is going to be, uh, let's see, he is 31 right now. Um, and so again, the wrong side of 30, but if you're looking for your last ride, there are, there are ways to do that. So will the, will the 49ers trade Brandon Ayuk? I I am on record saying no. They will not trade Brandon Ayuk. I think they recognize how important Ayuk is to this offense, to the future of this team. Uh, he has a great rapport with Brock Purdy, and I don't think they're willing to mess with that uh, for a first-round pick. Now, you may be in the camp that says, listen, wide receivers, they're kind of a dime a dozen. We get so many of them that come out every year. This is a bumper crop for receivers this season. I'd be willing to trade Brandon Ayuk for a mid-first round pick so we can address the offensive line. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, but I think that the 49ers can still address the offensive line without having to trade one of their best players and still stand pat at 31. 
I think offensive line is the most important group that this team needs to upgrade this season. And I think that they can through the draft, but I don't think they need to trade up by trading arguably their best wide receiver uh, in order to do that. So again, all of these, all of these roster situations are fluid. None of us really know what they're going to do. Um, you know, there are there are reports out there that the 49ers are probably going to cut Greenlaw and use check and in order to save money. And again, I just don't see I just don't see them making drastic changes to this team. I, I genuinely believe that they have it in their mind that that they are going to run it back one more time. Right or wrong. Running it back is their best shot at winning a Super Bowl in 2024. And if they don't run it back and they get rid of some of those key contributors, I just don't think that their Super Bowl window is open in 2024. And so, no, I don't think they're going to get rid of any names that you know that you've grown to love. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think that they're going to do some cap gymnastics. They're going to bring everybody back. They may even look to add one or two players, uh, maybe along the offensive line. I think they'll draft uh, for offensive line. I think they'll draft for defensive line because they always do. Uh, but they've they've got an opportunity. Um, this is probably the last one with this core, but they have an opportunity to run it back and make it back to the Super Bowl. But A, they got to get this defensive coordinator higher correct. And B, they've got to upgrade this offensive line. And it'll be interesting to see how they do it, whether it's free agency, draft, whatever the case may be. But to me, those are the two keys for them to have the best opportunity to run it back and get that sixth Lombardi. That's all I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Again, I hope Al is, is enjoying his time on the high seas. Uh, I will be back later this week. Uh, I am working on bringing a, a guest on. Uh, I haven't uh, haven't finalized it yet, so I don't want to say anything. Uh, but if I do, uh, it will be a, a fun episode, especially for anybody who has been a 49ers podcast, not just this podcast, but a lot of podcasts uh, and part of the 49ers Twitter community. I'm looking to bring a, an OG who got out of the game and and uh, I'm, I'm looking to bring him back at least for for one appearance. So um, still working on that, but uh, I will be back later this week and we will talk more 49ers. But until then. Later. Nine, zero, three. One, two, three. Nine. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company.